Hello, everyone, and welcome to Charlie and Jake's Hot Takes. We have got Jake back, the return. It is great to see you back, Jake. Thank you. I'm really glad to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see you here. And I'll tell you something that wasn't great for me. And I think I'm guessing you can know what I'm about to talk about. But that disgusting, pitiful, awful, every adjective that means bad performance from the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. We have a lot to discuss with the divisional playoffs, and I probably shouldn't be talking about a team that's already out. But I'm making the rules, and I'm talking about this because I, I, I'm just I'm just so frustrated. Let me hear your thoughts as a rational non-Steelers fan first. I mean, I mean, I don't think it was. I mean, they started slow. I mean, I think Big Ben's old. I think Corbett and the gang definitely need some work. But I think they scored 37 points. It's just in that defense that was supposed to be the best in the league the best around kind of didn't perform the secondary was pitiful they made baker look like tom brady and there's really just not a lot to say about the game i mean the better team won they could run the ball there was no pass rush the great tj watt kind of seemed to disappear for a lot of that game those stars in the secondaries were nowhere to be seen and that's really the result you're going to get i mean they were a wild card weekend team i think we saw that all along and now that's where their season came to a close so I think that I agree with a lot of the points you made. And um, there's just one thing that I, one thing that really sticks out to me is I, I'm guessing you remember the, um, the last time the Steelers lost a playoff game before this year. And that was the Steelers Jaguars, the year that the Jaguars were uh, an AFC championship, a couple plays away from making it to the Super Bowl, which is bizarre in its own way, considering yeah. the first pick in the upcoming draft. But it's just, I was thinking about it. I was looking at it. Some people on Twitter had mentioned it. This game was the not started as you can't start as bad as you started for the Steelers this against the Browns. That was 21 nothing though, right? A couple years back. Yeah, they were down 21 nothing. And me and you had a CYO game and we uh and I was checking the score on my phone and they came back a little bit and they seemed like they were gonna be in it. And then at the end they couldn't get the stop that they needed. Does that sound like something to you? Because that sounds exactly yeah, I think I was kind of watching that game. I was sitting, and I really thought Ben played very well in the second half. And I think they kind of ran out of time. But football is a 60-minute game. The Browns play better for 60 minutes. I think if there's a fifth quarter there, we're having a very different conversation right now, and the Steelers are getting ready for Buffalo. But 60 minutes, you got to win the 60 minutes, and they did not. It just continues to be frustrating to me because people uh, – it feels like being a privileged fan when I can complain about losing in the playoffs and my, I haven't seen my team. Well, are we are we allowed to talk about Mike Tomlin or are we not – we're not allowed to talk about him, That's, right? that's what I'm about he's, to say. He's people great. Talk. He's great. He's great at 10-6. and six. He's great at winning the division. But in 12 years since that last Super Bowl, I think the Steelers have wasted a lot of really, really, really talented teams and players. That's what I'm saying. And I think people sometimes think – that um, at least in my life, think that I'm a little too critical of myself for things like that. But at the end of the day, especially Mike Tomlin, at the end of the day, Tomlin's, like you said, he's a great coach. For example, last year when they had Mason Rudolph and a guy named Duck at quarterback, keeping that team eight and eight, keeping that team together, that shows how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is. But the playoff game against the Jaguars, last week against the Browns, that shows some of his faults. The TikToks, the Antonio, I don't know if you remember, Antonio Brown filming in the locker room, hearing and uh, the Instagram live, and everybody in the world heard, heard Tomlin say, we're going to beat the expletive out of the Patriots. It's just under Mike Tomlin, the Steelers have again and again had guys who have loved to create bulletin board material for the other team. It's just a, it almost feels like a weekly thing, especially towards the end of the season. 
and it's like you got at, at that point you and gotta I think, have I think we would love to praise Tomlin. I mean, that was a really great year last year, but they still finished eight and eight, especially in a place like Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. You need to win Super Bowls. You need to even get to Super Bowls, and they just have underperformed like crazy. And I think he's kind of gotten blessed by having a top five roster in the NFL. But I think when pushes came to shove in big games against the New Englands, even against Cleveland and Jacksonville. He hasn't really performed where he's need to be. And I think that he's going to stay around because it's the league. If you win 10 games, you get to the playoffs. They're going to have a really hard time firing you. But I think they might need to make some culture changes there. And if this was truly the last game ever for Ben Roethlisberger, that's where it gets complicated for Tomlin because you can say what you want about Big Ben, but he has performed very well year in, year out. And he's been a big, a, as big a part as anybody in keeping the Steelers in games and in the playoffs for the last decade. So when you don't have that, when you don't have that steady play at quarterback, I think that really shows how good of a coach you are. So coach, coach Tom's definitely going to have an interesting um, couple of years ahead. That'd be a shame if they let Ben Roethlisberger walk. I think he had a really great game. I mean, he made it, he missed a couple of throws. He had that bad fumble. But I really think that Big Ben has a couple more years left and that they need to get him a run game. I mean, you're asking him to do too much when they oh. literally have getting 20 rush yards a game. It's really, really hard to win football games without a run game. So I think you put a couple more guys around him, not that he is not spoiled with talent, but you get him a running back and really they could definitely compete again next year. Yeah, I think that if they're going to be hamstrung, they're going to be kind of stuck. If Ben wants to come back, I think I think he'll be back. They're not going to cut him. I really could not see that happening. He's he's too much of an icon in Pittsburgh. I, I mean, I don't necessarily want to have him on the contract that he's on, but he has done way too much for this organization to get cut, especially when he's still playing well. So definitely a big offseason for the Steelers, and hopefully, 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 fingers crossed, Najee Harris is there at 24 to help rebuild that run game. We need some, we need some Bama in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, everyone can use some Bama. <laughs> That's the truth. So uh, now to go on to the divisional games, so the teams that are actually still playing football, um, we vision. First of all, Super Wild Card Weekend. What an invention! Loved it. <laughs> Doesn't get better than six straight playoff games. Wake up, three games of football. Go to sleep, three more games of playoff football. Just the best. So um, the first game of the docket this week is um, Rams. After that really impressive win in Seattle, going to the Going to Green Bay, let me hear your thoughts on it, Jake. I think it's going to start off a lot closer than many people think. I think that that's the best defense in the NFL. If Donald, I heard he's going to go with Ramsey. I mean, they really do have athletes up and down that defense, and I think they're going to be able to keep it close with Aaron and the boys. But I think the fact that Goff's hand isn't right and that offense really struggles a little bit, I think that the cold weather and Green Bay will just be too much for them late. But I think we're definitely going to see an entertaining game. But I think Green Bay wins by a couple touchdowns in the end. Yeah, I mean, for me, I look at this and I see what I, what sticks out to me is the fact that at the end of the day, the Rams are coming in definitely battered. We don't know if Cooper Cup also got hurt. We don't know his situation. I know he didn't practice uh, yesterday. So it's if they're full strength and they had that defense, maybe. But golf isn't golf. Although this year, golf, golf's game uh, during the wild card really wasn't that much different from what he did this year. Really disappointing year from him overall. But Cup is your main, is really your main guy. He bailed out golf a couple times. I, I think you know what throw I'm thinking about where golf just threw it up that should have been intercepted by Jamal Adams. And Cooper Cup kind of just said, give me that and caught it. 
which is an exceptional play. But at the, I think that the Rams can keep it close because this defense, you kind of come in, the two guys, you know, obviously, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, those guys are locked down. They just destroy offensive lines and wide receivers respectively. But they've got a lot of guys everywhere. There's so there's just so many unsung heroes. They're strong. They're fast. They're young. They're athletic. They're a really, really fun defense. But I think that a huge thing this year and really what favors Green Bay and Kansas City is the fact that you only have to play two games at home to get to the Super Bowl gives you a huge advantage. Like that was a war they played with Seattle last week. Hard hitting. The score definitely did not show how defensive that game yeah. was. So mm-hmm. I think they're coming in banged up. And you really have to to beat a team like Green Bay, you got to be at 150%. And I just don't think they're there. Well, do you let me ask, do you see a path to victory for the Rams? What what has to happen for the Rams to win? Rodgers has to not be Rodgers. I mean, I don't think there's really anything that the Rams can do to win this game. I think Green Bay has to lose this game at home. I think we saw the way Green Bay played in that game against Tampa and that game against Minnesota. And if they start to turn the ball over and if Aaron Donald can really have an impact and Ramsey really needs to shut down Adams and Goff needs to come back and play like Goff. But I think it's really, really, really going to be hard for them to win this game. And I think it's going to be a close game. I think that the outcome will be decided in the fourth quarter, but I think Aaron Rodgers or Jerry Goff in the fourth quarter is really what this game is going to come down to. Yeah, and obviously we know where that magic goes. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> I mean, a couple episodes back, I was maybe I was making my case for him to win the MVP. I think that's no doubt. Yeah. He's awesome. But I think one thing that I notice is that, okay, you're going to have Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams. That's going to be a great matchup. I think Ramsey can really limit Adams like he did last week on both of the guys for Seattle he kind of switched off a little bit and then you create a situation where okay if, if you can redirect Rodgers from throwing to Devontae Adams as much as he usually does then you're trying to get Robert Tanya involved you're trying to get um Marquez Vandes Marquez Valdez Scantling involved and once you kind of if you can force Rodgers to get away from his guys I think that maybe you force a couple bad throws it's going to be cold it's Green Bay and uh, I think Rodgers loves the cold, and I think time after time, Rodgers has made those guys look like superstars. So I think Adams is where he wants to go, and I think he's going to be able to find Adams for the 8 to 10 catches. But I think that in the red zone, we've watched all year. If he needs to find Tanya, if he needs to find Valdez Scantling, he could use Jones, he could use Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon stepped up. There are a lot of weapons there who probably wouldn't be anything on any other team. Yeah. But with number 12 throwing him the ball, he's made them look like all pros when they have to be. Yeah, I mean, I like like you said, it's a it's a hard guy to beat. And you know, for the Rams, this is this is a game where if you win if they win this game, I think people are gonna pick them to make it the whole way. So certainly no lack of motivation for them, but I think I think Rodgers gets a chance at that uh at that NFC championship. Yeah. I think Rodgers knows how much he's kind of struggled in these NFC playoffs, and I think he knows that. So I think that this is gonna be very big for him coming in and he wants to kind of silence the haters like he did this year with Jordan Love and he's got that chip on his shoulder and he wants that game with Mahomes that is kind of looming so I think that he's going to do everything he can to get there he's hungry all right final score prediction let me hear it give me 31 17 Green Bay all right I got a 24 13 Green Bay so now the game that personally I'm the most ex- – actually, it's a tie for the two that I'm most excited about, but this is the this is one of them, and that's Ravens versus Bills. This is like draft class 2018. I think 
you know, right uh, for so long, it's been certain draft class, draft class 2004. I think when, uh, in, when we're adults, adults, and uh, these guys are getting towards the end of their careers, we're going to look at early matchups like this of the class of 2018 and be like, all right, who won this, who won this? Because I think there are going to be guys who are really, uh, I think these guys from that draft class of quarterbacks are going to be the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a long time coming. So this is a really exciting matchup for me. I think the Ravens rule. I really do. I mean, I think that if you go back and we kind of talked and I really thought Lamar Jackson wasn't the guy. I saw him win the MVP last year. And I said, this guy really he can't throw the ball. He struggled into this year. They were six and five. And in these last six games, he's found his groove. And with that line, with that defense, with Lamar Jackson playing well, I think this is a really, really, really hard team to beat. I think when Buffalo plays to as good as they can be, they're really, really great. But I think what I saw last week, they did not deserve to win that game. I think they got outplayed. Indianapolis left 15 points on the board and ended up being a three-point game. So I think that I think that unless Buffalo kind of brings what they did in that New England game or the way they played against San Francisco a couple weeks back, if they show that offense, it definitely could be a competitive game. But I think we're going to see a similar Buffalo team that we did last week. And if Baltimore plays their ability, I think this could be a three-touchdown game. That's I mean, got some Bills fans who are definitely irate at those statements, but I have to say, I agree with you because I, I mean, the, the Ravens remind me of a lot of last year's 49ers with a great quarterback because you, you can, they play great defense, obviously, and they just run. Like, how many times did Lamar throw the ball last week? Not a ton because a he doesn't need to. And he's just, those runs that he had, that one touchdown run, Kevin Byard's ankles were left on the field in Nashville. But he's proved he can throw when he has to throw. He had that nice three, had a couple of nice balls to Hollywood Brown. I think that mm-hmm. when that run game opens up and you got to put eight or nine guys in the box, he's proved that he's a competent throw. And he's by, he doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen or really he has probably one of the worst arms out of all the starting quarterbacks in the league. But when he could put a ball in there when he needs to put a ball in there in the fourth quarter. 100% agree with that. I think that we saw that, especially that Hollywood Brown throw, that throw to Hollywood Brown in Cleveland. He had a bunch of those in that game. He certainly can throw the ball when he needs to. It's just one thing, just to play devil's advocate, we saw the one interception, and I know we were texting about that. That was just a brutal throw. And, you know, Buffalo, I, we've heard a, I've heard Lamar talk about his not a big fan of the snow. It, it's going to be co- it's possible that it'll be coming down on Saturday. It's looking like it, looking at the uh, forecast. A couple slippery balls from Lamar doesn't get his grip right. That could be fumbles. That could be interceptions. That's some, definitely somewhere I'm and I think that the guy number 17 in Buffalo has also kind of struggled. He had a couple fumbles opportunities last week. So I think that he's really been great this year with his – Ball control number 17, Josh Allen. But I think that they're kind of going to struggle a little bit. I think both guys are going to struggle early, but I think Lamar finds his footing. And I think that the Bills' miracle season kind of ends Saturday night. So you think uh, just another thing for the Bills, what I noticed in the Titans game was they, the Ravens were able to guard A.J. Brown, not early because Corey Davis was in the game. Then Corey Davis, I believe he came out with an injury, if I'm not, yeah. I'm not forgetting. So he comes out with an injury. Then they're kind of they only they have him and Khalif Raymond, just a bunch of guys who don't have a ton of experience playing receiver. And that's when the wheels started to come off. So if I'm gonna, if I'm if I'm a Bills fan or I'm excited about the fact that there are three legit receivers on this Bills team, four even, because I like John Brown. 
do you think that the Ravens have the guys to cover Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, obviously Stephon Diggs, John Brown, just a lot of talented guys? Um, I think that there's a deep team, and I think that there's definitely some athletes in the Ravens secondary. But I think that unless the Bills' run game gets going, it's not going to matter. So I think that these are actually polar opposites, Tennessee and Buffalo. So I think Baltimore is able to win that game because probably the most talented player in football, Derrick Henry, they held him to 40 yards, which is a season low. Mm -hmm. So I think that they kind of took that big part off. So I think they're going to script it up very differently. I think we're going to see them a lot more playing with five or six defensive backs, which you have to for this Bills team. And I think that they will be able to prevail. I think that that front seven on Baltimore will be able to get to him. And I think that they're going to be able to handle all the weapons that Buffalo throws at them. And I think this is one stat that I think will probably, that could end up defining this game. The Bills are fourth in completions of 20 plus yards and the Ravens are of 20 plus yards this season. And the Ravens are fifth at best at stopping that. And I'm betting on the Ravens to be able to limit those big plays, which the Bills offense really rely on, get enough, get that three-headed attack, Lamar, Gus Edwards, um, and J.K. Dobbins. I think that I think that ends up being uh, what takes them to this victory. I think it'll be a, a close one. I have a 28-21 Ravens. I'm going 31-14 Ravens. Not only Bills fans, not only is Jake picking against you, he's picking a, he's picking you guys to get manhandled. So um, I think it's close. I think both guys kind of struggle. I think we're seeing 14-7 into the locker room. And then I think Baltimore comes out quick in the second half. We shall see. I'm excited for that one. So um, my least favorite team, the Cleveland Browns, are uh, going to go to Arrowhead. <laughs> you know, the Browns look um, good in the first quarter and they won that game against Pittsburgh, which we've obviously had our discussion about, but I don't think that the Kansas city offense is going to have three turnovers in seven minutes. Um, I mean, there's really just not much to say about this one. I mean, I really do like the Browns. I love the two headed monster at running back. I love the way Baker's playing. I love the way Jarvis is playing. I love that line. I really think they have a makeup of a really good team but I just think that Chiefs offense is too much. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up going into the fourth quarter as if you watch Kansas City, it seems like every single game. Every game. Every game. Every game's a five-point game. But I think this team kind of reminds me of those LeBron and Dwayne Wade Heat teams where Mahomes kind of looks at Kelsey and Hills and goes, it's go time. And then they could kind of put the ball in the end zone. They really do at some points look unstoppable. I think Mahomes is the best player in football. I think Kelsey and Hill are two of the top five or six weapons in football. And I think that as good as Cleveland has been, and I really, really do like them. I think they're going to be a relevant team for years to come. I think they have a really good makeup, but I think the best team in football is going to definitely win this game at home. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Kansas city also has the help. They've got, they've got some fans in the stands. They've definitely got that little bit of added motivation if they need it. Mahomes, obviously just, he's just so good. He he's shown a little bit, a little bit of a kink in the armor, if you will. Over the past few games, he has uh, uh, some interceptions in his last in his last few of the regular season. He's been getting sacked a little bit more. He's looked not perfect. It was four interceptions in his last three games. It was sacked seven times in his last three games. So the offensive line and him showing a little bit of rust. But you know, I don't know which uh, person it was. Could have been Stephen A. It might have been Max Kellerman. Maybe Nick Wright. But um, they were saying. That um the Chiefs really they look a little bored, you know. 
and probably I, Nick Wright because he he loves his Chiefs and he'll kind of defend them to the end. But I see what you're saying. And I think, though, that this team hasn't played since week 16. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of had three weeks off now, which a lot of times it could be dangerous. I know your Steelers have had a couple weeks off. It came out in that divisional round really, really rusty in the years past. But I think this is a team who was kind of getting a little bored, letting teams in the game, maybe a little banged up. So I think that this time off is really going to help them. And we're going to see a similar team that we saw in that first game against Houston with that offense just kind of rearing to go and getting ready for these playoffs. It's just, but I do agree that this one could be closer than uh, people think. The line is minus 10 for Kansas City. I think that it could end up being closer for that because I definitely see a situation where Kansas City comes out, maybe gets a fall first or second, a little bit rusty, three and out. Cleveland has a seven, seven, seven minute drive where Nick Chubb just runs for 80. Exactly. That's where it's going to have to be. Chubb and Hunt and Baker are going to have to put together a couple seven minute drives, take up a half a quarter, take up nine, 10 minutes get in the end zone, and then you could definitely run with this team. Yeah, it's just, I think that we saw it in, I think I could see it's playing out similar to the Miami game, but even in the Miami game, this was Kansas City's Miami game where they were down a little bit, Mahomes threw some interceptions. It's so hard to hold this team down. And like I said, like, like we're saying, if Kansas City comes out slow, Cleveland has to take advantage. There's no, like, you can't come out and have a couple three and outs. If Cleveland's first two drives are three and outs, they're going to lose by 20. It's it's just the way it is when you play Kansas City. They need to capitalize on mistakes. That's the only way they win this game. Yeah, I like, I think, 27-17 Kansas City in that ballpark. I think Cleveland's able to run the ball early. I think that it's definitely a close game going into halftime, going into the second half. But I think Mahomes puts together a couple of nice drives in the second half, and they're able to pull away. Yeah, I'm feeling around a 31-20 type of thing. Definitely could see the Browns keeping it close, but they just don't have the bodies to guard Tyreek and Kelsey and all those other guys on off on the cheap offense. So now, you know, we had a game on um, Nickelodeon last week, yeah. and it looks like this week we're going to get one on the History Channel as uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady are dueling for a chance to go to the NFC Championship. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, all I think this is the game of the weekend, I think two of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think I'm really, really excited. But every time I've kind of watched these teams, except for a couple occasions, I've been really underwhelmed. I don't think either of these teams gets to the Super Bowl. I think the Rams would beat both of these teams. And the Packers. So, um, Rams or the Packers. I think whoever wins that game is going to the Super Bowl. I've been really underwhelmed. I think that I think that Washington team was a very, very poor football team. And that was a close game going all the way to the end. I think the Saints should have blown that team out of the water. I think that 21-9 score was – the game was a lot closer than that kind of said as the Bears kind of dropped that ball early on. So I don't know. I think that there's a lot of weapons in this game, a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the old men are kind of going to battle it out. I like the Bucs. I think the Bucks' weapons are there. I think I really cannot say the great Tom Brady losing to Drew Brees three times because I think that this would be another kind of – Although he is probably the greatest football player ever, I think this would be a big blemish on his legacy, losing to Breeze three times. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Even though the crowd's not going to have such an impact, I think New Orleans will be a lot of fun. But I do like Tampa Bay in a really close one. What are some of your thoughts on that one? 
Well, I mean, I'm not as quick to take out either of these teams, mostly because the Rams, I'm not completely sold on, even though I did, I have advocated for them before on this podcast. I like them, but I definitely don't think they're a team that if they make it, they're unbeatable. And then with with um, the Packers, they've been to so many, they've had so many big games in the last 10 so years. Many, so, so many, so many. Games games they just haven't won. So I do think more is on the line than you may be suggesting. And I like, I, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson Super Bowl. Hmm. It's, it's an unpopular pick. I know, I know I might get, um, two wild card teams that's that's an inch that's an interesting call it, it would be unprecedented but we're we're in a global pandemic i definitely i think and you can never really count out tom brady from the super bowl i think that i think the bucks are probably up and down one of the top three most talented teams that we have so maybe that was a little bit of a overstepping when saying that both of these teams are out after this one but i've just i've been very underwhelmed by both of these teams although highly tied as they are but We'll see. It's going to be a great game. It's the highlight of the weekend. It's the two old men going at it. Maybe Breeze's last game. I think timeless Tom Brady has a couple more years left in the tank. Well, so I think we're really going to see. But I think that that Bucks offense versus the Saints defense is going to be a lot of fun. But the Saints offense just has not been there. I mean, Taysom Hill has kind of had to come in and give him a jolt. I think Slant Boy Mike Thomas is going to kind of have to show us what he was like last year. And I don't, I don't know. It's definitely going to be a fun game. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the matchups, one, one matchup that I'm really interested in is just like you said, that Bucks offense versus the Saints defense. Saints defense is, has really impressed me. I mean, granted, it's not against great competition, but at, besides that one drive where the Bears had that opportunity that was dropped on a great throw by my, my good friend, Mitchell Trubisky, um, they 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 look stout and they're a really strong defense up and down. You have guys, Trey Hendrickson didn't play. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know where he's at for the upcoming week. That'll be a big, a big very questionable. Pick. I've heard very questionable. If they can have him, that's huge because then you have Cam Jordan and Trey Hendrickson off the edge. That's a real, that's hard for the, off, the Bucks offensive line, which has been really good. And, you know, I wasn't impressed with that game against the football team in a lot of ways, but one place I was impressed was that, they hung 31 on the football team. Football team might be a seven and nine team, but their defense is very good. Their defense is really good. The Bucks offense was very I was I was disappointed by the Bucks defense, but the Bucks offense really impressed me. I think the line, every time you kind of watch the Bucks, except for a couple of games, that line has just been so, so, so great. I mean, they made Chase Young look irrelevant. I mean, I kind of love watching the DNs versus the tackles a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Chase Young really got dominated. I mean, they kind of exposed him for being a rookie as though he's kind of looked like an all pro for a lot of the year, a lot of the season. They mm-hmm. were kind of pushing him out and he wasn't even able to breathe on Tom Brady that he wanted so bad. So I think that that's really what these games are going to come down to. And I think as long as these bucks go, I mean, and I think the Saints are the same way. If you could get in these old men's face, they, they don't want to be hit. Brady does not want to be hit. Brady wants to get that ball out to his weapons quickly. So I think that if that Tampa Bay offensive line kind of holds up and keeps playing the way they did this week, Tampa Bay is going to be hard to beat. But I think that if those edge rushers can kind of get in his face, if they could come some safety blitzes, the game could get very interesting. I'm thinking 27-24 Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go Tampa Bay 31-28. to I'm thinking the same deficit as you, close one. And I, my just the final parting on this one, um, I understand, you know, that the Saints have demolished, really dominated the Buccaneers two times this season, especially the second meeting. That one was just a slaughter, a bloodbath. 
But I don't like to bet against Tom Brady three times. I think whatever I think that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians put their will put their differences aside and come up with a really good game plan to attack the Saints defense and have a good defensive game plan to keep these uh, this explosive weapons like Kamara and Thomas contained. So yeah, I think it'll be a really good game, really entertaining. But I think Tom Brady is heading to another his first NFC championship. I agree. All right. So um, as we were about to start the show, we had some pretty, I'd say pretty big news because big. <laughs> just like maybe it'll change the whole landscape of the NBA for years to come, but who knows? James Harden is on the net. So uh, let's dig in. What just happened? So uh, the NBA got shaken up. The Nets made their move. The Nets got their guy. And, I mean, they did what they had to do, but I was a little not disappointed. I mean, they made the right move. When you got stars, you need a third star. But I just don't think this team's going to beat LeBron the Lakers, I think. The advantage they had was depth, and they kind of had a little bit of defense who could guard the Lakers stars. And I think that now this team could play a lot of offense, but there's only one ball to go around. I think they're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. I think that they're going to struggle against those really, really good defensive teams, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. I think they're going to really struggle even to get to the Lakers. So I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to score a lot of points, but I really don't think that this move kind of made them champions. And when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your team, you should be trying to become a champion. Yeah, I mean, I think when you can have James Harden to add to a core of Kyrie and KD, like you said, it's the move you kind of had to make, but it's just, you look at all the things they got rid of. All right, first, the players. Karis LeVert is going to Indiana, which I love because I think he's going to blossom there. But um, that's a tough guy to get rid of because he was putting up numbers. He's so underrated. Karis LeVert can get to the cup like it's nobody's business. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He can hit a three. He's a great mid-range shooter. And he's a guy who you could have who was really bad. He was coming off the bench. Um, and he, he was that depth. So you need depth to beat the Lakers. The Lakers got the two top six men in the NBA and free agency this year. So I think that it's a 48 minute game. So you definitely needed that scoring off the bench, which they're going to miss. And then you get rid, you already lost Spencer Dinwiddie for the season. And then you also traded Jared Allen who him and Deandre Jordan were a really solid center duo, but now you have Deandre Jordan and Jeff green as your backup center. Like, what the Lakers can come at you with Gasol and Trez. And then in the East, just, there are a lot of good, what are they going to do to guard and beat if they match up with Philadelphia? There are just a ton. There are just a ton of really good weapon, uh, really good bigs throughout the league out of by just a lot of guys that the Nets are going to have a hard time guarding. And they also gave up like the picks. This is Sam Presti level of pick acquisition for the Houston Rockets because they got the 20, 2022, 2024, and 2026 first round picks. And then let's say Brooklyn falls off a cliff, has a season in 2027 when in 2021, 23, 2025, or 2027, the Rockets can swap with them. So towards the end of this, who knows where these teams are at? I can't tell where the NBA is going to be at in 2027. I think that it's kind of a shame because you hope the Nets would learn after what they did for piercing Garnett that draft picks are everything in this league. So I know you think you're going to be good for a couple of years, but you'd be surprised how quickly a team falls off. And then all of a sudden you're trading away third picks. 
And then, so they really better hope they win a championship in these next two years or else this is going to be kind of like the joke franchise of the NBA. Cause that's going to be a 15 year period where you had about three good teams, 12 bad teams, zero draft picks. And I kind of think LeBron and Anthony Davis are sitting in LA sipping on their wine thinking this just isn't going to beat us. I mean, that finals, if it happens, it's going to be awesome, I think, but I don't even know. I, I And we have, we'd be, it would, we have to address the elephant in the room. And that's the fact that, is this team just going to be Kyrie and James Harden? Because we don't know where Kyrie Irving is at. We don't know. I, I don't know if Kyrie Irving is going to play another NBA game. I think he will, but who knows? I mean, I think this is really a really tough situation to comment on. I saw Stephen A. Smith this morning say he should retire. I think I really don't. I really don't even want this Kyrie to get slandered because I think he really is kind of a crazy, crazy person. So I think he kind of reminds me of Antonio Brown or Dennis Rodman, maybe with a little bit of pure intentions. But I think he's kind of in the idea that he's kind of in his own planet. So I think that hopefully he gets it together. But I think that he's really in like a crazy, crazy place right now. So I think the Nets maybe had to get Durant some help or else things could have gotten bad. Yeah, kind of forced into the move. And just to uh, address all parts, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo. That's how the Pacers ended up getting Karis LeVert. And the Cavs got uh, Jarrett Allen as well. So a lot of young <laughs> young pieces on the move it's going to be exciting the nba obviously right now everybody's got COVID. it seems like games are being postponed so definitely good to see some good news on the nba front i like the rockets a lot i think the rockets are going to be fun with wall christian wood they got big girl the depot i think that they could be a lot of fun in the west i think that it's really lebron's kingdom kingdom right now and i think that it really is kind of interesting to see what happens with Kyrie Irving. I think that you, I heard Jared Allen the other day said we're going to give Kyrie his time. I think you got to give Kyrie his time. I think that he's a very, very good basketball player. I think he's trying to do a lot of good things in the community. I think he's kind of at his soul a good man, but I think he's kind of got to get some stuff figured out and hopefully he gets it figured out soon because we really love watching him play basketball. Yeah, it's just going to be exciting to see those three suit up together whenever we get to see that. So um, that'll be all for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Great to have Jake back. And that's all.